This podcast contains opinions that may differ from yours. If you would like to share your own opinions, we ask that you behave like an adult. Your opinion matters, but your poor attitude is not welcome. So, hello. Hello. Welcome back <laughs> to, my Yay. Po- to my pod box. <laughs> to- <laughs> Please don't say pod box anymore. <laughs> Yeah, anything that references a box is going to be sexual in my mind. So we just can't go down that road. Welcome to my pod vagina. <laughs> oh, yes. Pod vag. That's pod cool. We're marketing that. How is that better? We... How is that better than pod box? I, it's, it's not. It's really I mean, not. Could... What about pod JJ? Pod JJ. <laughs> What the fuck is uh, wrong with us? Who the fuck knows? Well, my do doctors you, don't even know. I just I I quit the doctor, so yeah, they don't know, so Ooh. I don't go. <laughs> <laughs> my my last straw was when I went in and I said, um, I think that these meds are making me really sleepy around the same time every day. I just can't do anything like I have to lay down and sleep for like at least an hour and she Mm -hmm. goes she goes oh well you know sometimes people just get sleepy (laughs) uh wasn't really where I was going with that but okay (laughs) and we're done here (laughs) (laughs) and you have a degree okay yeah someone said you were smart yeah, right. Anyways, we were we're going to start a new quote unquote segment called did you want to call it tiny victories or tiny hoorays or what did what did we want to call it? How about hip how about hip hop hoorays? What the fuck is wrong with you? Hip hop hooray. Oh god, she's dancing, you guys. She's dancing. No, I'm having a seizure. So yeah, like. she is. It is very much seizure like. <laughs> Race. I think, I think you're the fun. only one that does. <laughs> vote. Your vote. face. Vote. I'm calling it Tiny Victories. If we get anybody that says that they want hip-hop hoorays, I guess we'll we'll consider oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> hip-hop hooray! Oh. oh, no. So, um, basically, we're just, you know, we're going to skip the uh, heavy vacuuming that we often do yeah. in the beginning, and we're going to go with some shorter stuff, because... The numbers would indicate that y'all don't enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. Jerk stores were pretty fucking funny, and our I, lives are amazing. Not really. I'm, no, not really. <laughs> I, mean, I think I'm pretty amazing, but when you look yeah. at my life from the outside, I'm sure there's a lot of people questioning, what yeah. the fuck is going on there? <laughs> I and I smile on the outside, and inside I'm dying. So uh, I'm actually like 95% deceased. <laughs> and I'm just always drunk, so. <laughs> Woo! Are you drinking a beer right now? Maybe, maybe not. Oh, you're dr- I should have made a drink. I'm drinking fucking Mountain Dew, like always. Um, Bud Light. Uh, <laughs> whatever. I'm paying whatever. homage to Posty. I've made it my personal mission to... Mention Posty in every episode until somebody reaches out to him and tells him that I love him. <laughs> Yo, Posty, hook some girls up with some shit. Oh, God. More beer. More beer. 
<laughs> Anyways. Oh, my God. What's your tiny hooray this week? Do you have one or victory? Yeah. Mine is uh, getting all the shit for the photo shoot next week. Oh, that's right. Like, I got all the suits have came in. Um the bridesmaids dresses are getting delivered today or tomorrow. I pick up the bridal dress Saturday. The cake dummies are already at the cake place. I get pick up the jewelry Monday. I'm so excited <laughs> to see how this turns out. Woo! Oh, it's going to be you know, it's, fucking amazing. We were talking about it at book club last night and my neighbors <laughs> are like, oh my God, can we come down and say, shut up with book club, bitch. <laughs> You're not supposed to snort at book club. <laughs> We have fun. Book club. Yeah. Oh, we God. we get drunk and talk about books, bitch. But last night we were talking about the photo shoot because they want to come down once it's all set up just to kind of sneak a peek at everything. You better send me pictures because I'm really excited. Oh, duh. You know I'm gonna. Hello. Yes, please. I mean, good Lord. So you're almost what about done you? with that. Um, my tiny victory this week is finally, quote unquote, finishing my boy's bedroom. And it looks awesome. My only issue, and I brought this up to Mike last night, I was like, the bunk bed seems way too high. But I think you have a, I think you it'll have be the fine. side thing. You have the side thing. He's totally. It just fine. seems off. Like it just seems uh-huh. visually, it looks too high. But I mean, it's cute. I love it, and it gives mm-hmm. it, it gives. More you think he'll be space. excited? Oh my god, he's gonna shit himself. Like and I will you have did to the, have a bag you- under his ass when he walks in there. <laughs> Well, and you did the gold ladder like he wanted. I did. He loves Fortnite. And um, mm-hmm. if you don't know, I have two kids. So we often forget about the other one because he's just real quiet and he just kind of goes with it. <laughs> but Michael, my oldest, loves Fortnite. He is absolutely obsessed with Midas. And he was fucking devastated when Midas kind of disappeared from mm-hmm. Fortnite in season three. I'm not going into you, you If you don't know Fortnite, I'm... It's fine. You don't need to know any of this. Yep. Google it um, if you must. Yeah, Google it. But Google Midas cosplay and then go masturbate because fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're welcome. <laughs> we support self-pleasure in this program. Sure do. <laughs> um, so he wanted to paint his entire headboard gold. And I was like, mm-hmm. homie, I did not go through... All of what I went through, yeah, to paint it a fucking gold. So mm-hmm. I told him you can put some stickers on it. Maybe I'll get you a gold pillow. And he's like, oh, "Can I get a gold sequins pillow that goes from black to gold?" And I was like, <laughs> "Now you're getting a little too carried away." Uh, Mama ain't rich now. <laughs> so while Stop I being was being bougie, Michael, right? Jesus. So while I was cutting and sanding and staining all of the pieces for the ladder and the railing. Um, I was holding the dowels for the the ladder rungs, and I was like, I have gold paint. Mm-hmm. I'm going to paint these gold. And then I just did it, and Mike came into the garage, and he was like, oh, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> Does it, it looks good, though, it right? It looks good. I love it. And I yeah. don't think that a lot mm-hmm. of people... People aren't going to look at it and be like, oh, what's the gold? But it, it no, like, right. fits with the gray. I really like it. Yeah. I think he's going to love I, it. Aw, that's And it's awesome. sparkly, too, so it satisfies my... Ooh! It's, uh, it's going to... that'll Maybe that will work for his glitter pillow. He'll maybe. have the glittery, I fa- glittery I did find, stairs. I did find a sequin pillow on Walmart for, like... Did you? $13 that I might order. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
But well, now, but now Michael can just tell the ladies, "I got a glittery stairway to heaven." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so fucking bad. Oh, oh Jesus shit. Christ! Woo! What the fuck? Okay, no. So we'll get a little bit of vacuuming out of the way. We do have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash something, something, something. It's in the show notes. I will never remember these things. So if you guys want memorization. You know you have sticky notes. Sticky note it somewhere in your box. I should sticky note it on my box. (laughs) (laughs) Chelsea. You're having having sex later. Chelsea. I got a paper cut on my wiener. What's going on? Oh, shit. Those are my post-it notes for my box. <laughs> my pussy notes for my box. No, ew! Ew, gross. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't. I can't. Oh, this is too uh, much. Oh, whew, shit. <sighs> Check the show notes. Okay. We're on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We have Patreon. So if you like what's about to happen, do all those things. Do it. Do it. For sure. And during this episode, Amanda is going to refrain from texting everybody and their mother. (laughs) Possibly. (laughs) This is like, seriously, this is like prime time when people message me. It is. Is when I'm, you know, it's. And yep. if it's it's kind of like how you get, you know, irritated if people don't respond and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, fuck. <sighs> Especially yep. if it's my sister, because my sister doesn't text a ton. So when she does, I You know that it to needs respond. to be responded to. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Um, so. so what are you what are you drawing on now? Paper. Next to your microphone. I'm just. Huh? Next to your microphone. Uh, well, I can, uh, it's right there. I'm just doodling. <laughs> it picks up on the audio every week. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> you need a tablet. I can't do anything. You need a tablet that you can color on. Like me. I need something. You something. do. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll I stop. told you to get thinking putty. But you, I know. I'm going ha- to have to. You just you want to be well, stubborn. Lola and Addison for their birthdays got like a squishy stress ball thing i should just go steal one of those i like the i like the thinking putty though because you can you can mold, mold it. it into different yeah. shapes so you well, can I actually until i get some thinking putty right right yeah you ball. need to get some though you really need to you could even just I play know. with play-doh honestly like it's kind of the same i don't thing, buy but play-doh it's forbidden in my house that's true well you could buy one just for yourself and tuck it up by your <laughs> The kids are going to come into your room, oh into your closet one day and be like, Mom, why do you have all these weird squishy things next to your computer in the closet? Mom, why does this Play-Doh in the shape of a wiener? <laughs> that would be, oh my God, if you got like molding clay or Play-Doh and you make something. I'm just going to make a bunch of wieners. Every every episode you make something and then like we'll take a picture of it at the end. Yes. And post oh my it God, on our Instagram. Great. What did Amanda yes. make today? That would be fucking yes. hilarious. We're doing it. Oh my God. Just a, it. I will just buy a bunch of different colored, different sizes penises. Yep. Oh, oh. Curved, little, big. Oh, oh yeah, my god! It, and, if, and if you did it every episode, we could we could sell them or give them away <laughs> to like our Patreon. Oh my god, that'd be hilarious! Oh yeah, we're doing it now. It's it's a done deal. That's a thing. That's gonna be yep. a thing. Just Write don't ever down. tell I'm the not kids. Joking. I gotta. But 
Hold on. Here, I'll write it down. Yeah, Play-Doh you write it wieners. Down. Play-Doh wieners. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> oh got it. That's All right, let's go. Gold. Okay, so this week I'm actually super, 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 super excited about these topics because it's something that I've been putting off talking about in favor okay. of other like more top of mind stuff. Mm-hmm. But finally, 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 we are going to talk about the rise and fall of Rachel Hollis. Oh, okay. See, and I and you have no idea who she is. Okay, so I know who she is. I know who she. The books and shit. But I, other than that, no fucking clue. Okay, so if you don't know who Rachel Hollis is, which. I feel like most people do, but, and, you know. Well, if you say the names of the book, they're going to know. Right. Well, she wrote, she wrote the book, um, Girl, Stop Apologizing and Girl, Wash Your Face. Girl, Wash Your Face yep. was the big one. And I'll admit, I, I do love Rachel Hollis. I think she's got a lot of great advice. And somebody recently said, um, I guess she's under fire, aside from the stuff that I'm about to talk about, but. She's also under fire um, for, like, regurgitating information that she gets from other people and, quote, unquote, plagiarizing. And then the people also are upset about how um, someone said that most of her advice is just empty pieces of information Mm -hmm. that don't really, like, hold water. They're not really, like, um, deep. But I feel like not everybody needs this deep, insightful, like, I don't know, like heavily cultivated call to action like just some people really just like to hear the motivation of yeah what the fuck are you doing yeah get up i am not one of those do your shit so i mean if rachel i she's got her own way and i like her i like what she has to say and the way that she motivates people but i don't particularly like her okay Okay, so this is an article from the New York Times written by Allie Jones on March 12th, 2019. Before 8 a.m. each day, Rachel Hollis, the motivational speaker and best-selling author of Girl, Wash Your Face, works out, feeds her four children, ages 2, 6, 10, and 12, and writes in her gratitude journal. Then it's time for her quote-unquote morning show, a live broadcast on Instagram and Facebook for her nearly 3 million followers, sometimes featuring her, featuring her husband, Dave. The day only picks up speed from there. Miss Hollis, 36, maintains a popular lifestyle website and runs a media company, which she recently moved from Los Angeles to the greater Austin area. On any given morning, she may be taping one of her two podcasts, jetting off to a speaking engagement, or headlining one of her own personal growth conferences. It's preaching, Miss Hollis said recently, quote, in the church I grew up in, or honestly, in any church I've gone to, the pastor is always using stories from their real life to illustrate a point to you. So that is what mm-hmm. I do. The daughter of a Pentecostal preacher, Miss Hollis has attracted her own kind of ev- evangelical following. Her popularity exploded last year with the publication of Girl, Wash Your Face, a self-help manifesto that interrogates the lies that Miss Hollis, and by extension, the every woman, tells herself. Each chapter title focuses on a different self-deprecating put-down, including I'm not good enough, I am defined by my weight, I am not a good mom, I am bad at sex. Several high-profile Christian pastors have endorsed the books, as have Drew Barrymore and Reese Witherspoon. 
Miss Hollis's advice is not cutting edge. She encourages her followers to do things they probably already know they should do. Wake up early, work out, and make time for their goals. But her book's marriage of raha or raha. But her book's marriage of rah-rah affirmations, confessional girl talk, and folksy exclamations like, keep me near the cross, Lord Jesus, has endeared her to millions of women across the country. And I will say, most of what she writes doesn't really have anything to do with religion or Jesus. Mm-hmm. But she, like, sprinkles it in there so often. So if you're, uh, a little, a if little you're dash. thrown off by me following a religious preacher-type person, that's not what it is. Right. <laughs> you're a good girl. Girl Wash Your Face has held a spot on the New York Times bestseller list for for the last 46 weeks and has prompted much of the excitement around her speaking engagements. Riding on the resonance of her first book, Miss Hollis published a second book, Girl Stop Apologizing, this month. Like Girl, Wash Your Face, the book contains relatable confessions and features a smiling Miss Hollis running her fingers through her easy, beachy waves on the cover. This time around, she lays out a direct path to achieving personal goals, with sections on excuses to abandon, behaviors to adopt, and skills to acquire. It begins with a meditation on the Demi Lovato song, Sorry Not Sorry, and ends with a peppy and direct, if not entirely novel, imperative, believe in yourself. Ms. Hollis is her own best advertisement. With just a high school education, she moved from Weed Patch, California to Los Angeles to study acting and pursue her dream of breaking into the entertainment business. At 19, she landed a job as an assistant at Miramax. She met Mr. Hollis while working at the company, and in 2004, they got married. That same year, she started her own event planning business. She was always hustling. In the span of three years, she self-published three novels, one of them based on her experience as a young Christian event planner to the stars, and started the lifestyle blog that she still runs today. Now the success of Girl, Wash Your Face has made encouragement her full-time job. Miss Hollis currently has 22 employees who will barely fit in fit in the new church turned office that's a weird Mm -hmm. sentence yeah it does that doesn't make sense she and mr hollis are already looking for more space outside austin our tagline has been the same since i was a blogger give people the tools to change their lives she said quote the irony is back in the day what i meant by that was teach them how to make a lasagna because to me that was life-changing If I could Mm -hmm. get my kids to eat food that didn't come from a box, I was proud of myself. Now it looks like personal development because that's what I'm really into. So throughout her career, that's really just been what she does. She just motivates Mm -hmm. and encourages people to do the things that they already know that they should be doing. But she has her own way of doing it. Now, where I have a lot of issues, and like I said, they just recently – announced that they're getting a divorce and that was mm-hmm. almost two months ago it was june 8th i believe okay um i have a serious issue with the way that they started dating okay. now, what i just read really glossed over it just kind of said they got married well but what they didn't say is leading up to that point rachel was basically a booty call Oh. And now I can't remember. Really? Hold yes. on. She was, she's this religious whatever. And she was a booty call? So I don't remember exactly if they were banging, but it was basically Dave wanted nothing to do with her unless it was convenient for him. 
And she wholeheartedly, completely, 100% honestly admits to this. And then she goes on to say, as soon as I decided that I was done being treated that way, and as soon as I was done um, letting him do that to me, that was when he decided that he wanted me. And I just feel, as soon as I read that story it it really bothered me and and then I I I didn't really get into Rachel Hollis until about a year ago so by then they had already started their rise together or they were like right about to start it and they were talking about how great their marriage is and I remember her once saying that um she she and Dave have sex every day and she commits to her own orgasm every day, every time they have sex. What? Yeah. So, like, she was, like, go- I know. So she was going on about all of that, like, a year ago. And, like, how – I mean, they, they talked about how to work through their problems and, and the things that they do every day to keep their marriage strong. And then they announced this divorce. Okay. Which really, truly – honestly came out of fucking nowhere you guys like i i mean when i read it i and i'm not like a hardcore rachel hollis follower i don't watch her every day i'm not constantly following her on social media you know i might check in every few months or something but okay i just happened to catch it shortly after she posted it and even i was like whoa what hold the fucking phone like I was taken off guard. I never uh, never got into anything. Uh, Ryan's mom had wanted me to read uh, Girl, Wash Your Face and stuff, but I do not have the bubbly personality, motivational. You know, that's not me. And when I read that shit, I get annoyed with it. I used to, too, until I started to, like, fill my news feeds with it. Mm-hmm. And I, nope, I'm, can't I'm, do it. I'm always, and I was the exact same way that you are, and I still kind of am that I don't believe in like false positivity. I don't believe that you should wake up every day and like tell yourself you're amazing and tell yourself that you're going to be a millionaire. Like I think that stuff's bullshit. Yeah, and, and, you know, the world is what you make it, and your attitude is what you you make it. But I don't think that you can force it. And we're going to get to that kind of stuff at the end of all this. Um, so. It threw everybody off, and in her announcement, she said that they had been battling with this for three years. Really? So you're telling me that not only did you adopt your youngest child, your daughter, you adopted her while you were already knowingly having marital issues. Yeah. Number two, you started a side business with your husband about how amazing you were and how great you are at marriage like I right I don't like that why bring a kid into into that I don't just to have it just to have it be broken up and uh, another trauma for this child to endure yeah exactly and I I think they adopted her when she was a baby so she probably doesn't really remember all that well, no, but still, still. she's going to remember this because I think she's three now. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So now I wanted to yeah. read this article um, from Budgets and Kale. And I believe the girl who wrote, who runs this page is also named Rachel. It doesn't give her last name, but thanks, Rachel, for writing this. Because it really, it, it really super, there's two articles that I'm going to read. They both really get into why this is such a big problem. Mm-hmm. In a way that I don't really have the words for because I haven't sat down and written it out for five hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. this is from Budgets and Kale. It says, why you can't trust the Hollis company after Rachel and Hollis, Rachel and Dave di- announced their divorce. I fucked that sentence up, but you get the point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It says, I never thought I'd be commenting on someone else's divorce online. It's none of our business, except that they literally made it their business. Why you really can't trust the Hollis company after Rachel Hollis and Dave Hollis's divorce was announced on June 8th. This couple made money off their marriage advice. This couple made money off their marriage advice on the podcast Rise Together and their Rise Together weekend conferences, which cost couples thousands of dollars per ticket. So sick. So insane. Would you pay for a marriage conference ran by someone you knew would be divorced in a few months? Probably not, which is why there was no sense of stress or negativity in their relationship whatsoever. The intro for their podcast makes sure to mention that they have been married for 15 years and have a thousand kids. There is no, hey, we're really struggling, only personal growth strategies told in the context of marriage that never made much sense. While Rachel was proud to tout all of the hard work she put into building her company, she failed to openly acknowledge how her husband's job allowed her to do so. Rachel was able to hire a nanny full-time so she could work as an intern without pay. Many women would love to enter a new field but could not afford to lose money to work by hiring a nanny. Yet she talks about reaching out for help without saying that they hired a nanny. And I will I will say that she did say that. She has said that multiple times, that she is grateful that she could afford to do those things. But the bottom line is, is that she didn't need this career in a way that a lot of other women need a career. Right. Her yep. husband worked for Disney, by the way. I happened to click into Rachel's profile because a picture was on my Explore page, and I noticed that her bio listed her as CEO, which is interesting because it was a big deal that Dave was hired as CEO last year. I tried looking through the past several posts on her and Dave's profile as to when the switch happened. I tried looking through the past several posts on her and Dave's profile as to when the switch happened, but it doesn't appear to be addressed. That was actually when I questioned their marriage. I realized they didn't seem to be together as much, and Dave had come off very egotistical in his social media presence. Accurate. The level of of toxicity that was described in Girl, Wash Your Face was bad. And yet, Rachel shares that this man is her husband, and we're supposed to just go, aww, over it? No way. I remember (laughs) being shocked. Dave Hollis was an exclusive. Dave Hollis was an executive at Disney, one of the biggest media companies in the world. You don't hold a job like that without some serious business acumen. I have the deep suspicion that there have been trouble in the waters ever since the decision to change the name to The Hollis Company. Why? Because if Rachel, the primary face of this company, ever left, The Hollis name would still be attached to the company, not her. Mm -hmm. I have no clue what her maiden name is. So should she 
So should she choose to return to that, it would be hard for all of her customers and followers to convert to that name. The tens of millions of copies of that book say Rachel Hollis. So even if there was a name update, those people would only have that name. Mm-hmm. I stopped following Rachel Hollis on Instagram back around the time her and Dave did the Start Today morning show on Instagram. Side note, whenever that stopped might be a key breaking point in the relationship. <laughs> I don't know when that stopped. I never watched it. Um, the specific time was when Rachel Hollis recommended reading the book The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Duhigg. That's a name. <laughs> <laughs> This was while she was writing Girl Stop Apologizing, and what showed up in GSA? Duig's work, except without crediting him in that work. The comparison was absolutely undeniable, and she gave no credit. Then I realized this has always been a problem. It's criticized in Girl Wash Your Face, her conferences, social media, absolutely everything. She has stolen so much work, it's horrifying. So while that was the original straw that did it for me, I hope that realizing their marriage was a moneymaker for them and nothing else, that it's your time to see through. If anyone currently has a ticket to the Rise Together conference, I hope you get a refund. So that was from Budgets and Kale by Rachel. I don't know her last name. So very hmm. well said, Miss Rachel. Mm-hmm. And then this is the article that really sent me over the edge in truly not supporting Rachel anymore. Okay. And I only still follow her on Instagram because I'm nosy. (laughs) But I don't think I'll be buying any more of her books. Okay, so this is from medium.com, which is a platform where you can go write for free and you Mm -hmm. can become a made person there. So this is by Shannon Ashley, and it is titled, Rachel Hollis, Mommy Blogger and Relationship Coach, is Getting a Divorce. In case you missed it, women are shook because mommy blogger turned lifestyle guru and relationship coach Rachel Hollis just announced that she and her husband of nearly 20 years are getting a divorce. This is the exact quote from her page. I want to hear your opinion on this. Okay. Rachel Hollis said, quote, guys, I have some hard news to share, and the honest truth is I have no idea how someone announces something like this, so I'm just going to say it. Dave and I have made the incredibly difficult decision to end our marriage. We started out as best friends 18 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) And the truth is that our friendship, that core friendship and the parts of us that work so well have become a band-aid for the parts of us that don't. You don't fucking say. We Mm -hmm. have worked endlessly over the last three years to make this work and have come to the conclusion that it is healthier and more respectful for us to choose this as the end of our journey as a married couple. We remain dear friends as we raise our family as co-parents and run our company as partners. We are choosing joy, even though, I'll be honest, the last month has been one of the most awful of our lives. I want to be strong and bold and optimistic for you now, but every ounce of my energy is reserved in being those things for my children. That said, having been such an open book to this beloved community, we hope that you can allow us a human moment. We hope you can understand our need to process these changes away from social media. We graciously ask that you respect our privacy so we can focus on what matters most, our four kids, and the next chapter of what our family looks like now. Okay. Thoughts? You, 
Well, I mean, like you had stated, you they threw themselves out into the limelight. What are you going to expect when you announce this? Like, pe- people are going to ask and want to know and want answers and are going to be... You're not going to get the privacy you wanted because you chose this life. Right. And what I found really weird was they, they both put the announcement out at the same time. Mm-hmm. They both kind of said the same bullshit thing. Mm-hmm. And then Rachel went dark until about four or five days ago. And then Dave, he was quiet for a little bit, but then he just started posting a bunch of stuff about being with the kids and moving on. And it looks like Dave kept the house and Rachel moved out. Really? I have so many fucking questions, but let's continue. I'm going to continue this and then we'll we will discuss more. Her devoted fans are so surprised that I spent the better part of my Monday night reading one new comment after the next from some poor soul describing their shock and dismay. Meanwhile, I'm trying to wrap my mind around the idea that anyone who's actually read Girl, Wash Your Face is surprised. Rachel's Facebook post about the divorce went live last night, and within just two hours, it generated 6.5 thousand comments. Love her or hate her, Rachel's fans are serious about her empire. You know, the one she runs with that soon-to-be ex-husband, Dave. For a woman who's based her entire brand on telling it like it is, it looks like Rachel's only been telling you what she thinks you need to hear. But this recent revelation suggests that the slightly sloppy yet miraculously put together Hollis hasn't been as honest or vulnerable as she claims. After all, wouldn't her fans have said some sort of inkling? After all, wouldn't her fans have had some sort of inkling that the power couple was deeply struggling? This whole story reeks of curated authenticity, and it's reminiscent of that other mommy blogger, Mikey Stoffer, who we're, Micah Stoffer, who we're going to talk about next. I Granted, have no idea that is even. Oh, you're going to be pissed. Granted, husbands are much easier and far less controversial to leave than a child. But much like Hollis, Micah has made a name for herself for supposedly being vulnerable and authentic. Authentic. Authentic? That's what I was going to try to authentic say. Authenticate. Authenticate. So when they reveal something so significant in their lives that shocks virtually their entire fan base, something about that tastes pretty damn fishy, like the discovery that maybe these women aren't so real after all. In the case of Rachel and Dave Hollis, they've continued to dole out relationship advice as if they're as if they are these honest experts who can help you get your own romantic relationship back on track, despite trouble of their own. They don't just Mm -hmm. talk about their marriage and offer passive advice here and there. They do a podcast together and set themselves up as a couple that's made it. They even host couple seminars that cost thousands of dollars to attend. If you do a simple Google search, you'll come up with a litany of stories about Rachel and Dave Hollis along with their amazing marriage, all in an effort to promote their books. He's got two. He's got one now, too. And those rise women's weekends, yet still no honest account of their struggles. Not really. Instead, we get the recent headlines like The Path to Enlightenment and Happy Marriage, The Hollis Way. Dave Hollis shares strategies he and Rachel Hollis used to stay centered, make it work in a chaotic world. How to Put Your Partner's Career First, advice from Rachel Hollis, author of Girl, Wash Your Face, and her husband, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking headlines make me want to throw up. Let's face it, they only announced their divorce. Or they only just announced their divorce. After four children and 16 years of marriage, it's not as if they made this decision overnight. They clearly had to know it was coming for a while. They also had to talk about how they would break the news online, how they might spin it. This was a great opportunity to actually come clean, you know, to give themselves some of that tough love she's so damn famous for. But no. In her statement last night, Rachel told her fans that she and Dave needed a human moment. Except she's not washing her face for this, t- for this one. She's hiding from reality. 
Rachel Hollis seems to think she's done so much for her fans that they owe her more privacy. We're talking about a woman who claims vulnerability at every turn and profits off the honesty she doesn't actually give. Here's what makes this so shitty. Rachel Hollis made a living by telling other women that they're not trying hard enough. If you've read her books, you know that Rachel is, one, is big on personal responsibility, for other people anyway. Rachel routinely talks about how they're women not living up to their potential. She wants everyone to know that if they're not happy, it's on, it, on them to fix it. While I'm all for taking personal responsibility and cultivating an internal locus of control, I see Rachel's reasoning as something more extreme and a lot more dangerous. A lot of her advice reads like that out-of-touch friend who's never seen a day of real adversity in her, in her life. By utilizing marketable proverbs at every turn, she encouraged women to just be happy without actually acknowledging or working through their issues. One of the worst things about Rachel Hollis is the way she confuses platitudes with actually doing the work. Much of her advice is inappropriate for women suffering with depression or other mental health issues, for example. And some of her wisdom is just plain gross, like when she encourages women to get rid of their fat friends, including those who have lost and regained weight. Quote, y'all would respect her? Would you count on Pam or the friend who keeps blowing you off for stupid reasons? Would you trust them when they committed to something? Would you believe them when they committed to you? No. See, that one I kind of agree with. Mm-hmm. If you got shitty friends, you, you do got you don't owe yeah. it. You don't owe it to anybody to be friends with anybody. If they're right, treating no. you like shit, snip, snip, motherfucker. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And I've had to do that before. Mm-hmm. So, And I don't have problems doing it anymore. I used no. to be... Oh, it's and this is totally the Libra in me. But seriously, I don't like confrontation and, you know, I right. I would just rather smooth things over and move on. Yeah. But I've learned I can't always do that. Nope. So. Rachel Hollis is so far above the rest of us that she gets away with shaming anyone who fails at anything, including mental health and weight loss. If they don't reach their goal, they didn't try hard enough. They didn't want it bad enough. Well, what about this divorce? How can she tell the world that she's worked endlessly on her marriage when she's already said repeatedly that if you really want something, you'll make it work? For someone who loves to dole out advice about how to be successful, she sure has a problem with accepting failure, especially her own. Both Dave and Rachel Hollis have taught us toxic relationships 101 and insisted that's real love. When I say Rachel lacks self-awareness in her writing, that's never more apparent than when she tells, tells us about her relationship experience. Her own words are jarring, and not in a good way. Quote, because here's the ugly truth. I was a booty call. The preacher's daughter, the one who hadn't ever been on a date, the conservative good girl. I drove to this man's house every single night he asked me to and pretended that it didn't gut me when he wouldn't acknowledge me the, during the day. Folks, this kind of problem in a dating relationship is called a classic red flag. She was inexperienced and apparently addicted to a man who didn't respect her. Quote, Toward the end of that year, when his company moved him to another state and our already tenuous relationship was threatened, my virginity went from technical to non-existent. It was the last, best way I could think of to hold on to him. Spiritual sex shaming aside, we all know that sex alone cannot save a sinking ship. Don't we know that? But Rachel tells these stories like it's totally healthy to expect toxic habits to change on their own or if we want them bad enough. Sure, she realized that she deserved to be respected and told the man to quit calling her. She told him she no longer wanted any contact. Good for her. No? Well, he showed up on her doorstep the next morning, and surprise, they're married now. 
She writes about toxic fantasy that is her real life and doesn't seem to see the problem at all. None of what she describes in Girl, Wash Your Face is grounds for a healthy dating relationship, let alone marriage. But this is the garbage she's been pushing. Not that they legitimately worked through their toxic habits together, but that everything worked out when she realized her worth. So... She goes on to explain some other things that she, that Rachel has done that are just absolutely appalling when you look at them now. But I just, I'm still kind of in my own way speechless about the whole situation because, like, I just, I find it shocking that people find it shocking. Right. Like, nobody that I know has ever been in a toxic relationship and had it work out and you can't tell me that their their marriage wasn't toxic i mean just looking at him i'm sorry i don't i i judge books by their cover if you want people to think something about you you put it on the outside of your body and people are going to think that about you when i look at dave hollis he looks like an arrogant asshole mm-hmm. and it says a lot about her too and the fact that she doesn't see it i feel like everything he says is just said to make money oh yeah definitely 100 yeah. percent one hundred percent. So yeah, that's uh, that's the Hollis conundrum. Thoughts? I don't know. It just it's just weird. It's it just is. I and like I said, because I don't follow it, it's hard for me to even put into words. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, Are you ready for the next horrible influencer that has decided to be an absolute piece of shit? Sure. Okay. Micah Stoffer. Stoffer? Don't care. Stoffer with a fucking penis for all I care. Oh, oh, oh. <sighs> all right. Micah, a family vlogger and fashion and fitness enthusiast who shares videos on a personal self-titled YouTube channel that is subscribed to by more than 650,000 people. What the fuck are you doing? My phone fell. Oh, my God. Shut up. <laughs> she is also the matriarch of a family vlog channel called The Stouffer Life. Stoffer, Stouffer, don't care. Stouffer with a penis for all I care. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> she married James, and they have four children. Kova, Jaka, Jacka, who knows, Radley, and Onyx. But a few months ago, they had five children. What? Amanda's face is priceless. What? Uh Uh-huh. Enter the story of Huxley. Huxley? Ooh, that's a fancy name. Until this week, and this was written, um, this is on MarieClaire.com, written by Jenny Hollander in June. Until this week, Micah Stauffer, Stauffer, don't care, was a mid-level YouTube and Instagram influencer, a mom of five whose parenting vlogs and Instagram posts boasted a loyal following and several high-profile sponsors. But the influencer and her husband, James, rocketed into the mainstream Thursday when an in-depth BuzzFeed news piece by Stephanie McNeil revealed that they, who had painstakingly documented their 2017 adoption of son Huxley from China, had rehomed him what mm-hmm. rehomed a child mm-hmm. like a puppy like i did with my great dane 
Aha. Okay. Um. Okay. I, I'm so confused. How? Like. What? Hold on. I I don't even know what to say. Did you want a, a moment to to gather your thoughts? I just just don't know what to say. So this actually that... happened before the twenty fifth of June, but it hit info world, you know. Uh huh. All right. So this is the original post. That was a little bit of an update, or at the beginning of an update. I don't know. Anyways, this is the original post from MarieClaire.com. In an emotional video, 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 and an emotional video, Micah and James explained to the camera that they had placed Huxley in another home with his quote unquote forever family, says Micah, quote, there's not an ounce of our body that doesn't love Huxley with all of our being. There wasn't a minute that we didn't try our hardest. After multiple evaluations, numerous medical professionals have felt that he needed a different fit and that with his medical needs, he needed more. James added, we never wanted to be in this position, and we've been trying to get, this, get his needs met and help him out as much as possible. Both Micah and James noted that Huxley had expressed a desire to be placed with another family, bullshit, and was thriving with his new adopted mother who had medical training. Their video, now deleted, has had more than one million views. Huxley, the parents insisted, was better off with a family more capable to handle his needs. But the announcement and the subsequent BuzzFeed article ignited a storm of controversy for the parents, particularly Micah, the face of the family and the person who creates and stars in most of the family videos. <laughs> I fucking wow. hate this twat. I hate her so much. <laughs> I... 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 Uh, I... Uh. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Michael wrote in a 2019 parade piece that Huxley ended, ha- ended up having a stroke in utero and has level three autism and sensory processing disorder. She continued, quote, it took a lot of time to process and to readjust to his new diagnosis. It was a curveball. In their video this week, however, the Stouffers did not go into detail about either Huxley either Huxley's diagnosis or the incidents that had led to their choosing to remove him from the home, citing concern for Huxley's privacy. After you spent, like, forever fucking showing him off on the internet? Okay. (sighs) Micah did write in a comment on YouTube that multiple scary things happened inside the home towards our other children, that's a quote, and hinted that Huxley had reactive attachment disorder, a known condition for children who grow up in orphanages or other institutions that can't fulfill their attachment needs. Complicating the issue further, yes? (laughs) I just... I okay go. <laughs> That's all I can get out. Oh, words are failing me now. Complicating the issue even further, the Stoffers had positioned Huxley as a prominent part of their story as parenting influencers. Parenting influencers. According to BuzzFeed, Micah promised in one sponsored video published in 2017 that the money earned from YouTube ads would be put toward Huxley's adoption. Huxley also starred in sponsored posts. I'm... 
It may not have been the Stouffer's intention, but the addition of Huxley and the narrative of their emotional adoption story helped bring the family tens of thousands of new followers. More followers mean that more influencers like the Stouffer's are able to charge more money for their sponsored content. Now that Huxley is no longer part of their family, but the Stouffer's have financially benefited from the content that places him front and center, some viewers are calling the Stouffer's for donating or giving back the money from content that involved Huxley. So... Uh, yeah, I am disgusted. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I get. Uh, I could, I could not imagine having a child, a special needs child. Um, you know, I, I saw what my my aunt had triplets, and um, two died at birth, and then the one lived to be ten years old. She had cerebral palsy, mm-hmm. and they, you know didn't give her up but they did have foster care to help take care of her because yeah you know my aunt had ha- worked all the time at a hospital and my uncle had to work and you know so they did have uh help which i'm i'm okay with that but right you're just gonna give the your kid das boot i mean come on <laughs> like das boot <laughs> what i don't, I don't understand don't... is like I can kind of understand someone like me adopting or maybe, uh, you know, like let's say, because I would never adopt a child, I'm poor. Um, but let's say that somebody close to me passed away and somehow I ended up getting their infant baby. Right. I would <clears throat> gladly take said infant baby. baby. But if the baby was obviously mentally handicapped or physically disabled I wouldn't Mm -hmm. be able to do it I'm not that person I am not that kind of person and I completely admit that and that's part of why I'm done having kids because I'm quite frankly terrified of getting a child with special needs because I'm I'm just not that caregiving person well I will tell you that I with Addison with her pregnancy I was very scared because um I, well, I, we did the nuchal translucency test, which, do you know what that is? Is that where they put the, the big needle in the belly thing? Nope, that's an amniocentesis. Um, okay. The nuchal translucency is just an ultrasound, but they measure the thickness uh, of the neck of oh. the baby. Okay. And the larger it is, it's more indicative of Down syndrome. Oh, yeah, yeah. That would make sense. So we did this because when I got pregnant, I was on Depakote, and Depakote can cause abnormalities in a fetus so you know there's this certain range uh, you know that they want like 1.0 to like 1.9 or something you know where they that's normal we'll say for reference purposes and she was like a 2.5 and so i was like oh my god so then they do blood work and all that and it came back in fine and she's fine she doesn't have down yeah. syndrome but mm-hmm. in my mind all i'm thinking is what the fuck am i gonna do yeah like what am i going to do <laughs> there are certain people in this world that are equipped to take care of children with special needs and uh, i would i'm not one of them no and i hate to say it too but i i don't i don't think i could either and Mm-mm. it's not not for me not loving this child it's just i would want them to have the best care that they can have and especially with already having other children and i was you know single for a while i couldn't imagine being single and 
I yeah. It's Mine is so more scary. so the fact that I'm just like I as a person I'm very selfish with my time and I'm very selfish with who I give that time to and I struggle on a daily basis giving my own current children enough of my attention. Same. I emotionally, mentally, physically would just not be able to manage yeah. a child with special needs. But having said that, from what I'm understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like Micah knew that her that he yeah. had some issues. Yeah. So when they adopted him, I, I guess what people are upset about is Huxley didn't fit the aesthetic. And Huxley right. didn't fit in with the demands of constantly needing to be in a good mood to be on show. Yeah. And when you're so focused on the way that you look and you're so focused on what everybody else thinks about you. And your image. and Yeah. It's not really lucrative to have a child with special needs crying and screaming in every one of your videos. Right. Not to mention, and I, I do... In, in a very small way, I do praise her for removing him from that situation. However, I feel like there were other options. Right. Yeah. Are you coloring especially, again? <laughs> sorry. Especially, <laughs> it, like you said, if she knew the circumstances of this child, then, mm-hmm. yeah. I think probably <sighs> what she was hoping was that he would be manageable enough that it would be lucrative to say he has special needs and they love him and get and he's sympathy because yeah. but then easy enough so that she could still manipulate him and put him in the spotlight without him being a disruption right yeah but unfortunately and that obviously didn't work out that doesn't work out ever you you it, it, i just yeah i'm glad that huxley is hopefully in a place where he is more appreciated right However, and taken care of and yeah. However, I would not be surprised or upset if harm came to her in some way. <laughs> I just don't. I don't understand the. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I just she vile, just vile. Because no matter how yeah. you look at it, she did this knowing that he had special needs and she should have been prepared in every way to care for him long term even if that meant giving up your fucking social media empire but we know greed america's greedy and americans are greedy and once she got that taste of limelight you're getting rid of it i know i just so while we talked about both of these Social media influencers, you know, Rachel Hollis is a a life coach. That's what she's known for. I wanted to talk about a few things. Okay. Toxic positivity, what support Mm -hmm. looks like, and the fact that we all need to stop believing in the social media persona. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Because how long and how many people have watched people like Rachel Hollis and Micah Stouffer be fake in the public eye nobody and i I need everybody to hear this nobody is that perfect and unless you see their imperfections 
believing somebody when they say, I'm not perfect, is bullshit. Mm -hmm. Let them show you. If they're not showing you the reality of their life, stop paying attention to them because Mm -hmm. they're not fucking real. Exactly. It's all fake. Exactly. I agree. Then I wanted to talk about toxic positivity, which is something that we kind of talked about a little bit ago in Mm -hmm. that it's not healthy to convince yourself that everything is fine. So toxic positivity is defined as the overgeneralization of a happy, optimistic state that results in the denial, minimization, and invalidation of the authentic human emotional experience. So toxic positivity is when you say that you're happy when you're not. So instead of saying to yourself, I'll get over it, say, this is hard, but I can do it. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying something like, don't be so negative to somebody, say, it's okay to feel bad sometimes because we are invalidating people's emotions when we say shit like that. And while for you, you might be dumb enough to be able to convince yourself that the world is full of rainbows and puppy dogs and sunshine, the reality Mm -hmm. is that life is hard and everybody struggles and that's okay. It's okay to fail. You're human. Yes, you are human. So there is this list that I do have here called how to avoid toxic positivity. And it's just a few phrases that you should replace. So if you find yourself saying to someone, always look at the bright side, instead say it can be difficult to see the good in this situation, but we'll make sense of it when we can. Yeah. That's more realistic. That a lot better. Yes. Failure is not an option. Don't say that. Say failure is part of growth. That's yep. true. Instead of saying think happy thoughts, say things can get really tough. I'm here for you. Okay. And instead of saying it could be worse, say, sometimes we experience bad things. How can I support you? It, mm-hmm. None of the things, like I think happy thoughts and it could be worse. What is that doing? Yeah. What's that nothing. doing? It's making people feel like shit about themselves. So while you think that you're being positive by telling them to not be negative, you're actually just being an asshole. Yeah, exactly. So there's that. Um, So here's how to identify toxic toxic positivity. Take notes. You can pause this and come back later. Toxic positivity (laughs) is saying things like, you'll get over it. It's not that bad. It will work out. Look on the bright side. You're doing great. Just breathe. Just reach out for help. Just smile. And it sounds like you're overreacting. It's not a big deal. Why are you upset? Stop complaining. Stop making this so hard. And you're not trying hard enough. How would you feel if somebody said any of those things to you? Oh, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, excuse you? Right. So here's a real, (laughs) here are some real examples of what you should be saying. This situation is hard and you're doing the best that you can with what you have. And I know you feel overwhelmed right now. What are some things that you can control? What can keep you motivated? Don't be ashamed to have the day you're having. It's okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to listen. So then I... As I was researching toxic positivity and all that stuff, I also started to think about what support actually is and what it means Mm -hmm. to support somebody. And I just lost my train of thought. The train left the station. Oh, God. Where the (laughs) fuck did it go? Come back, train. 
Come back. I want to get back on. Where Chuggington. Chuggington. Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, support. So when, yes. when you are seeking support, what I think you need to understand, and this is not, not everybody does this, but I'm seeing it a lot more on social media in particular. So I'll give, I'll give an example to kind of explain this better. So I was in a, a support group for people with borderline personality disorder, which is something that I have. And I am very at terms with my diagnosis, and I'm very capable of regulating my emotions and working through things and, you know, not using it as a crutch. Yes. So I was in this group one day, and somebody posted something. I can't remember what the post actually was, but somebody commented on it. And I'm assuming it's a mother, probably around my mother's age, so like 50s, 60s, and she said, I try, but my daughter just treats me like a punching bag. And I said, do you have borderline personality or does your daughter? She said, well, my daughter does. And it's just horrible. And I said, well, how about you take a fucking step back for, for, for a minute here? <laughs> you are not the person with the disorder. You are a person on the outside witnessing what it's mm-hmm. doing to your daughter. Now, I before I was diagnosed, I almost flipped a fucking table at my family's reunion because I was so upset about things that people were saying and doing to me. And what people don't understand is how other people perceive what you're fucking saying to them. Mm-hmm. So while it looked like on the outside that I was taking my anger out on my family, what was really happening was I was frustrated and overwhelmed and I didn't have anybody to support me. Yep. So I said to this bitch, take a fucking step back, reevaluate the way that you're thinking about your daughter's disorder and the things that are bothering her and why. Why is she lashing out at you? How about we mm-hmm. fucking start there? How about you get the help that you need in terms of blaming your daughter? Yeah. And then we can work on fixing your daughter. Your daughter's always going to have issues. This Mm -hmm. isn't something that you're going to medicate and it's just going to go away. She's got to learn how to deal with this. And the only way that she's going to learn how to deal with this is if she has a supportive parent in her life. Oh, yeah. And if you're not going to be a supportive person, walk the fuck away. So Yeah, because you're not helping at all. So there's that. I said that because she's not being supportive. And then I got attacked in the comments for being mean, for not supporting her, for not being kind. I'm sorry. I'm going to say this out loud. And I want all you to fucking hear it. Support isn't nice. Support isn't kind. Support isn't just saying what you think the other person needs to hear. Mm -hmm. Support sometimes is saying... Don't do that. Yep. You look like an asshole. That's not a good choice for you. Maybe we should talk some more about this. Support is not bending over backwards and letting people walk all over you. Exactly. And you got you you have to fucking stop. Support is taking your friend who's addicted to alcohol and drugs and putting them in rehab, not saying, I'll be here when you fall. Yeah. That's not support. Help them before that helps, or yeah. before they fall. So, it just, 
like this thing here says, showing support should include holding the person accountable. Once you know the dream or the goal your friend has, hold them accountable to reaching that goal. Ask them to give you the details on their timeline and check in on them. Don't just say, I'm here when you need me. Mm-hmm. That's not support. Support is an action. It's a verb. You do it. Verbage. You don't just talk about doing it. The other point that I want to make is, if that's not really clicking with you and you're not understanding, support and approval are two different things. So if you're looking for support, what you need to ask of your friends and family is guidance and advice and um, help. You know, like if you need help with figuring out your finances or you don't know how to do something or, you know, whatever, that's support. Approval, you guys, y'all are confusing approval with support. Approval is being a yes man. So don't get pissy with people that are telling you the truth and seemingly not supporting you. Not supporting Mm -hmm. you would be something like, if I said that I wanted to be an architect, and you said something like, well, you're not smart enough to do that. Mm-hmm. That's not supportive. But support would be, you got this. You can do this. What can I do to help? Can, mm-hmm. I watch your, can, can I watch your kids, you know, a couple nights a week so that you can do your homework and study? And what do you need from me? Because I want you to succeed in this. But support can yeah. also look like, you know, Chelsea, you're really not good at math. <laughs> and did you think about the fact that there's a lot of math that goes into architecture? Right. And then I could say something like, yeah, you know, but I really, I love architecture and I think that it, I would be really good at it. I would be really good at it. And then you would say, do you love architecture or do you love interior design? <laughs> Which one? What, what, you know, like helping them to figure out what they really want instead of do just you want letting... to decorate or do you want to build the building? Yeah. Like instead of just <laughs> letting somebody just wander blindly down a path that maybe isn't right for them, you know, you want to kind of avoid that whole five years from now aha moment when the friend comes back and goes, you know, when I told you that I wanted to be an architect and then I went and did it and I failed at it. Why didn't you tell me that I was going to be bad at it? You mm-hmm. knew I was going to be bad at it and you didn't say anything. Yep. You guys got, you guys, you guys, you guys stop being so nice all the time. Oh, yeah. Sometimes the truth hurts, but it helps. It helps in the long run. And, and, and your friends might not appreciate it when you first say it, but I guarantee you they're going home and they're thinking about what you said. Right. So that's my PSA for the day. Stop fucking believing all the fake personalities that you see on social media. And start supporting people better. And don't be toxic positive. Be real positive. I like it. I like it too. I like it too. And I don't like fake positivity. And especially because like I said, I don't don't like reading it. Like, you know, I always had people trying to be like, oh, read some chicken soup for the soul. (laughs) And I'm like, get the fuck out of here with that shit. Like, like, I believe that. that you can read, like, a feel-good story and feel good, but I don't yeah, think yeah, that yeah. It, it, a fake mantra isn't going to help. I was in an anger management class once, and, and the um, 
one of the ladies was talking about how she has these things sent to her email every day. So every morning she wakes up with this like inspirational quote or like oh, a word that's supposed to empower her. And then we were going around the, the room and talking about how, you know, would that benefit you, blah, blah, blah. And the leader got to me and she said, Chelsea, how would, you know, what, what do you, you what do you think about that? And I... Not even fucking kidding you. I flat out said, I'm not stupid enough to, conv- to convince myself that I'm happy every day. Right. Because you're just not. Nobody is happy every day. No. No, sorry. And you can't force your bad thoughts out of your head just by saying that they're not there. Right. Deal with them. Yeah. Or you it's going to get worse. Deal with it. Right. Exactly. All right, girl. Aye, aye. Let's... let's uh, yeah, let's let's Amanda it. Let's Amanda it up while after she's done picking at her feet. Ha! I am picking at my feet. That's I can so tell. Funny. I can tell so. you are. Because you can't fucking um, sit still. So I decided to veer off of the fun fact train. Oh and I'm actually going to for at least fifty episodes talk about dumb laws in each state. 50 episodes. Oh, my God. I don't think we'll ever get there, but okay. Oh, shut your pie hole. So I'm going to just go alphabetical order. So up first is Alabama. Yeah. Did you know (laughs) that it is illegal to wrestle a bear in Alabama? Well, probably because you'll die. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine coming face to face with a bear having to save your life? And then being arrested for wrestling with the bear to save your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's illegal. America. Yep. It is also illegal to wear a mustache in church. You want to know why? To wear a mustache or to have yeah. a mustache? Uh, it says wear. Oh. So if it says it could cause laughter. And we obviously can't have that during the sermon. Uh. Yeah. Weird. Okay. It's illegal to put salt on a railroad track. It is punishable by death. What? Because what they what I read is that it can cause cattle to come onto the tracks and that can cause a huge mess. Oh. But it's punishable by death. Uh, uh I don't really think you should die for that, but Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, playing I would say dom- like a, hold on, a lot of other animals uh, too. Deer, oh, I know. Like salt. Yeah. Yeah. Foxes. Any, yeah. Anything. Any animal. Horses. Really with a, yeah, they all like salt. Salt licks are yeah. a thing, y'all. Well, exactly. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, okay. What the fuck is a point um, of a salt lick? Well, I don't know. Like to get sodium into their diet, because really, there's no other way. Hmm. How do they you know get what I mean? sodium in their diet when they're out in the wild? This is what I constantly ask myself when I'm looking at cat food. I'm oh, like, you, okay, you... so all of these things are in this cat food, but like, mm-hmm. do cats actually eat that in the wild? No. So how do? But they, they get salt. They've got to get salt somewhere because you need sodium. So it's got to be in something that they eat in the wild. 
Okay. I'm Moving on. I've been thought now. Um, <laughs> play, playing dominoes is fine, but not on Sundays. That's the devil's I'm, work. I'm guessing because it's like a gambling type thing. You know, <laughs> people usually throw money down on dominoes, so. <laughs> um, it, it's... It's illegal to impersonate a member of the clergy. What? So what? it says it says the punishment is a $500 fine and up to one year in jail. Why would you want to do that, though? Well, hello, if I'm dressing up for Halloween. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I can't dress there... up as the Pope. WTF. I am not a religious person. Is clergy a Catholic thing? I think they're showing a picture of the Pope. Okay, so so I wonder if it's now. illegal to dress up like the clergy because they don't want you to pretend to be the clergy, so you can diddle on little boys. Oh, ew! Clergy, the body of all people ordained for religious duties, especially in the Christian Church. Saul says. Well, we do also have to remember that Catholicism is under Christianity. I do believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So if y'all fighting um, with each other, y'all just fighting with your damn selves. Oh God. <laughs> Um, boogers can't be flicked into the wind. Oh. Especially down uh, Shit. Uh, it's illegal to drive blindfolded. Oh, well, duh. God. Yeah, I know. The way things are going right now and people are like, that's my constitutional right to I not know. wear a mask. Well, that's motherfucking my constitutional right to drive blindfolded then, too, isn't it? I know. <laughs> Goddamn idiots. I swear to God. It's, it's illegal to wear blue jeans on Noble Street in Anniston. It just um, doesn't say. It just says they're acceptable everywhere else there. Just not on Noble Street. What are y'all doing with your blue jeans on Noble Street? Uh, in Lee County, it's illegal to sell peanuts after sundown on Wednesday. <laughs> That's very specific. It is very specific. I mean, I'm not Why? surprised. I mean, peanuts it doesn't surprise me. I mean, you know, down there they do the boiled peanuts and shit. And, you right. know, uh, it's just funny. Like, yeah. On After sundown, sundown on Wednesday. On Wednesday. Yeah, get the fuck out of here, yo. I'm trying to figure out, I, like, why that would be... I don't know. Something must have happened. Y'all sticking uh, fucking peanuts up each other's asses or something. Something. That's on Wednesdays. After after some catechism or something? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> y'all wilding um, down there. <laughs> is, it, is it mobile or mobile? It's mobile, isn't it? I think Alabama? it's mo- mobile, yeah. Yeah. So in Mobile, it's illegal to throw confetti or spray silly string. Yeah, because that shit's annoying as fuck. Yeah, but they say it says so. Think twice before you have the that birthday or gender reveal party. But silly string, I mean, that like disappears. Like, you does know, it, like though? yeah, it does. Confetti, I can see because confetti's just a fucking mess, and obviously you can't throw rice because birds explode. So <laughs> I get it. But <laughs> I just always imagine like, how much rice does the bird have to eat? To I know. And I want to try it. And I hate birds. So whatever. But I won't for all you fucking PETA people. I'm not going to kill a goddamn animal. Anyway. Um, but there are <laughs> there are biodegradable confettis out there now. Oh, yes. Yes. I've seen those. Yep. 
Um, it's illegal to open an umbrella on the street in Montgomery. Why? Because you'll scare the horses. Bitch, it ain't fucking 1842. That's the thing, is most of these were written so far back, but they're still there. No, they've done yeah. nothing with them. Just like funny in Michigan. Too, because if you really hated somebody and it was raining and you saw them on the uh-huh. street and you handed them an umbrella and asked them to open it, yep. you could have them arrested. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in Mobile, it's illegal to throw orange peels on the sidewalk. Well, that's just nonsense. Well, but shit. It, my thing is, yeah, don't do it. I mean, I could see go ahead and throw it in the grass because it's an orange peel. There's animals that will eat yeah, it. Yeah, but it's There's... just like a banana. You don't want to put it on the sidewalk. Yeah. It's going to fall on your fucking ass. Oh, Jesus. We are not Mario Kart here. Um, it, it says it's also illegal to bathe in the city's fountains in case you didn't know. Well, I'd hope so. Right. Y'all know. Uh, last, last one. It is legal to drive the wrong way down a one way street so long as you have a lantern attached to the front of your vehicle. <laughs> I am going to affix a lantern to the front of my vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on while I Promptly. pump up my. I got to crank my car here, you know, like, come on. <laughs> Good at God. That's all I yeah, got, though. Yeah, oh, wait, I got, I do have, oh, I do oh. have another one. And this one is so not surprising to me because it's Earl of Burma. But, Earl of Burma. Uh, <laughs> marriages are legitimate. Oh, I forgot you said mm-hmm. it was legal. Oh. Mm-hmm. Are legitimate. Excuse me. What was that? <laughs> that was my burp. <laughs> <laughs> that was like from the depths of hell. I told you. It was the devil. The devil is speaking to me through you. It was like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh. So that is all I got. And the devil has spoken. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. Well, that is it for this episode, y'all. Please mm-hmm. don't be opening your umbrellas on the sidewalk in Montgomery. And and don't don't be marrying your cousin Elizabeth. Even though it's legal. <laughs> We're still going to make fun of you. Hex, yeah. Find us on the social medias. We are on Facebook and Instagram. And you can support us on Patreon. Someday we may put some content up there. And all of those links are in the description because I am too lazy to write them down and memorize them. That's all right. Post-it note in the vag box. We're good. Post-it note in the vag box. (laughs) We out, bitches. We out. (laughs) Later, tater.